John chapter 9, and we'll begin reading in verse 1 here in a moment. When Megan was little, uh, she could see, but she couldn't see very well. And we finally uh, discovered this. Uh, she was, I guess, about three years old. And uh, we took her to the pediatric ophthalmologist, and he looked, and he saw how bad her eyesight was. And, and so um, he told us we needed glasses, and we were concerned that she wouldn't keep them on. He said, no, trust me, she will keep them on when she sees how well she can see. And, and so we, we got the glasses, and we, the moment of truth came, and we put those glasses on and wrapped them around her little ears. And she reached up her hand to tear them off, and then she went like this, looked around. And she never took them off. <laughs> she could see. What an amazing difference it, it made for her. Uh, I want you to know something. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, there are some things you can see about how to be saved as God enables you to do that. Uh, but when you put your trust in Jesus, it's like when Megan put those glasses on, it's, it's a totally different ball game. You can see in a whole new way. And, and I remember when, when I first came to Christ, how it just my life was just so, so dramatically different. Um, and I began to look at things in a different way. I began to understand spiritual truth like I never had before. Um, Jesus in this scripture that we're about to look at is talking about the fact that he is the light of the world. He is the one who helps blind people see. <laughs> Uh, and he helps us see spiritually. He helps us to, to understand what life's about. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so um, Jesus heals a blind man, man born blind. And um, as he does this, uh, it's really interesting what takes place because some people are excited. Obviously, the blind man is excited. He could see. For the first time in his life, he could see. But some of the religious leaders were, were saying, look, he's done this on the Sabbath. Yet again, the Sabbath issue comes up. Also, they begin to argue and say, hey, this, this can't be that Jesus healed this man. And so they question the man. They question the man and, and try to get him to deny what he has he is seen, what, it, what happened to him when Jesus healed him, and he will not do it. And uh, ultimately, the, the chapter ends, we're not going to read through the whole chapter, but the chapter ends with Jesus talking about the blindness of certain religious leaders who are opposing him and the fact that the blind man can see. Uh, he not only heals his physical sight, but later on explains to him who he is, and this blind man puts his trust in Jesus Christ and begins to worship him. But the Pharisees are blind to the truth. And so um, this chapter is meant to display the works of God. That's one of the first things he says at the beginning of the chapter. How does God work in our hearts? And John calls these miracles signs. And so there, it's a sign of a spiritual truth that God is trying to communicate. And he's trying to communicate how God works in our hearts to help open our eyes to his truth. Uh, and so each of us needs to put our trust in Jesus so that he can open our eyes and we can see uh, what he intends for us to see. The title of my message is Seeing What Christ Has Revealed. Look with me at verse 1. As he was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples questioned him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? 
Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming where no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After he said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and spread the mud on his eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Shalom, which means sent. So he left, washed, and came back seeing. His neighbors and those who formerly had seen him as a beggar said, Isn't this the man who sat begging? Some said, He's the one. No, others were saying, But he looks like him. He kept saying, I'm the one. Therefore they asked him, How were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and told me, Go to Siloam and wash. So when I went and washed, I received my sight. Where is he, they asked. I don't know, he said. They brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees. The day that Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes was the Sabbath. So the, again, the Pharisees asked him how he received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, he told them. I washed and I can see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, How can a sinful man perform such signs? And there was a division among them. Again, they asked the blind man, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He is a prophet, he said. The Jews did not believe this about him, that he was blind and received sight, until they summoned the parents of the one who had received his sight. They asked them, Is this your son, the one you say was born blind? How then does he now see? We know this is our son and that he was born blind, his parents answered. But we don't know how he sees and we don't know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. So, uh, seeing what Christ has revealed. How does Christ reveal his spiritual truth to us? Well, first thing I want you to see is he enlightens. He enlightens. Verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So he brings light. Now, have you ever had your headlights go out on you? I've had that happen, and I remember I was driving through the country one night in Texas, and a fuse went out on my car, and all of a sudden, I went from being able to see to not being able to see, and it was kind of a, a, a nerve-wracking experience, and uh, had to kind of make it as best I could, and thank God there was a little bit of light still left, but um, it is so important to be able to see. I had a friend one time tell me about going to one of the caves in, in the area and, and how they turned out the lights and you couldn't even see your hand this close to your face. It was so dark. And people, people couldn't figure out where to go or anything or, or what to do. When they turned on the light, it made all the difference. Uh, many people are searching in this life. They're searching for, you know, what is life about? Uh, what brings life meaning? What brings purpose to life? And and uh, what does my life mean? And, and they're searching for these things. And Jesus, when he turns the light on, he helps people to see what life is all about. He helps them to see his spiritual truth. So um, there is that first seeing that he brings about when you're a lost person and he wants you to come to faith in Christ. He opens your eyes to his truth, to the fact that you're lost and that you need him. Some of you have had the Holy Spirit of God working on your heart and showing you that you're lost and drawing you to, to surrender your life and put your trust in Him. 
that is the enlightening work of Jesus Christ in your heart, uh, if that is taking place in your heart. But then, when you trust Christ, it is even greater, and he turns the light on. And the Bible says he sends the Holy Spirit to live within us, and his Spirit helps us to understand his truth. And so as you grow spiritually and as you read Scripture and you pray, God, please help me understand what this is saying. Uh, Lord, please speak to me through this Scripture. God begins to minister to your heart through His Word. And He opens your eyes to His truth. One of the things I love about the Scripture is that there is, it's just so multi-layered. Um, I, I've been a Christian now for a number of years and decades. And, and what I've found is that I still come to the Word of God and discover new things. It is so rich, it is so deep, and it is so wonderful. And the Holy Spirit of God is the one who opens our eyes to the truth. Um, My dad was sharing with me how when he came to Christ, before he came to Christ, he had no interest in the Word of God at all. But after he came to Christ, it's like his eyes had been opened, and suddenly there was this interest and this hunger for spiritual truth. And so he began to to look in God's Word. So so that's what God does. He he enlightens us. Jesus enlightens us so that we can respond to His truth. Um, So, seeing what Christ has revealed, how does He reveal it? Well, first of all, He enlightens. Secondly, He opens. He opens. Look at verse 14. The day that Jesus made the mud and opened His eyes was a Sabbath. He opened his eyes. The Bible says the God of this age has blinded the hearts and minds of unbelievers, lest they should see the truth um, and be saved. And, and he's speaking about the devil. There is a deception and a deceptive work that the devil does in the hearts and lives of unbelievers to try to keep them from God's truth. And so Jesus opens the eyes to the truth. That's one reason we need to pray for lost people, because there is a spiritual blindness that's there. Uh, They can be very intelligent. They can be brilliant even, but not see the truth of the gospel, because there's a spiritual blindness. And so you pray that that blindness will be removed and that Christ will open their eyes. It's interesting what Jesus does when he opens this man's eyes. He spits. I know this is kind of gross, but... He spits in the dirt, and he makes mud, and he puts mud on his eyes. Isn't that interesting? Why did Jesus do it that way? Well, do you remember in Genesis, the Bible says that God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground? God created Adam. He formed Adam, and he breathed into him, and Adam became a living soul. Uh, Jesus is doing a creative work here. There was no material. It wasn't that Jesus tweaked what was in there and fixed it. There was no material to work with. Jesus recreated his eyes so that he could see. And that's encouraging to me because sometimes I just don't get it. Have you ever been there? I'm like, boy, what is this about? And... uh, And God just has to supernaturally open my eyes. And so Jesus does this creative work with his eyes. And he is the creator. Jesus is the creator. 
The Bible says that by him are all things made, and there's not anything that has been made that he didn't make. Jesus is the creator. And so the creator once again puts dirt uh, and and spit the mud upon his eyes, and then he tells him, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. What have we been hearing over and over again in the book of John? Jesus says, I am the water of life. He says, look, I'm giving you an acted-out illustration of the fact that I'm the creator who can wash you clean from your sin and help you to see spiritually. Um, so Jesus opens his eyes. Now, Jesus will open your eyes to his truth so that you can be saved. He'll give you enough information so that you can respond to that and be saved. Um, the Bible says that Christ died for sin once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous so that he may bring you to God. He wants you to have a relationship with him, so he died and rose to make that possible. Um, and that if you'll respond by surrendering to him uh, and putting your trust in him, he will save your soul and he'll make you new and he'll open your spiritual eyes. But he continues to do that throughout your spiritual life. He continues to open your eyes. Uh, one of the great things about being a Christian is you have somebody to walk through life with you. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a, maybe a godly parent or a, a mentor, somebody that speaks into your life. That's a great blessing. If you do have that, you need to thank God for that. Um, but I, I can think of some different people who've spoken into my life and, and given me wisdom at different times that I needed it. And uh, But... God is somebody who can do that in an even greater way because he knows perfectly about every situation. He knows about your family. He knows how to deal with the problems in your family. He knows about your work situation and others that you work with. He knows about the personal struggles that you have and how to help you overcome those struggles. And as you take those things to him in prayer and you lay them at his feet, he can open your eyes to the truth of what needs to be done. I have to confess to you, there were times when I was raising, raising my kids, and I'm still raising them, they're, they're about to launch out, but um, there have been times where I just really did not have a clue what to do as a dad. And I just, I, I just went to God and I told him that. God, I don't have a clue what to do about this situation. And, and God, a number of times, provided wisdom. Um, sometimes he told me, shut your mouth. <laughs> you know, that, that's a lot of times good advice. Um, but, uh, but, but God did. I mean, he just, he just showed me what I needed to do. Um, relationships. God can show you what to do in the relationships that you have. And sometimes it will be through his word. Uh, oftentimes it will be through his word. Uh, other times it may be just simply through an impression the Holy Spirit gives you in your heart and direction he gives you in your heart. Uh, a piece about what to do. But uh, ask God for that wisdom as his child. Uh, when you're trying to make big decisions in your life, ask God for wisdom. Uh, he can open your eyes to what needs to be done. Uh, so um, recognize that you have the friend that sticks closer than a brother in Jesus Christ uh, and that he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He is there for you to seek and find what you need. In life, he'll open your eyes to the truth. So, um, <clears throat> seeing what Christ has revealed, how does he reveal it to us? He enlightens, he opens. Thirdly, he invites. Now, this is very important here. 
This, this particular point is very important. If you look in verse 7, Jesus has put the mud on his eyes, but he, he asks him to respond in faith. He says, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he left, washed, and came back seeing. Jesus is inviting him to take advantage of what Jesus is offering him. Now, when Jesus enlightens you, when he opens your eyes to the truth, he invites you to respond what he's revealed to you, to respond to what he's revealed to you. So, this is very important because you can respond in one of two ways. You can respond like the Pharisees responded, and they explained it away, and they denied it, and they refused it. You can respond like some, some others who are saying, well, we're not really sure what happened. Is this the guy that was healed or not? Uh, you know, and they, some of them were saying, well, I think it's just a guy that looks like him. You know, they're trying to figure it out. Or you can respond by saying yes to Jesus Christ, and that's where God really starts to work in your life and open your eyes. Uh, somebody once said that um, God will not give you more light until you respond to the light he's already given you. Um, so if you're here today and you're, you're unsaved, um, asking God about other things, the first thing you need to do is give your heart to Christ. That's the light that he's provided for you. And until you make that decision, the other light is going to wait to be, to be revealed. So, so God asks you to respond in faith. But he does this for us, even those who, who've already trusted Christ, he continues to do that in our spiritual life. He shows us his truth. And, you know, sometimes I have people come, come out after a, a message and say, you really stepped on my toes today. Or that really spoke to me. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing with me. But uh, the, the main point of hearing from God is not just to hear from God. It is to respond in faith. And until you respond in faith and obedience to what God has revealed to you, you will not have more of that light revealed to you. So, uh, as a Christian, it is so important to respond to the invitation of Christ to trust Him and obey Him when He reveals His truth to you. Uh, If you want to grow and thrive spiritually, we talked about that last week, but another way to grow and thrive spiritually is obey the truth that God reveals to you. It's really interesting, this blind man, he begins uh, with having Jesus just invite him to to take some action so that he can see physically. Uh, Then he is in the discussion with the Pharisees, and they say, what do you think about this guy? uh, He's the one who opened your eyes, and you, you know about him. What do you think? And he said, he's a prophet. Well, then they come back again, and they don't like his answer, and so they begin to pressure him. Of course, his parents, they they can't get an answer from them, as you saw. Uh, But he goes back, and they go back again, and and he says, why are you asking me this again? Do you want to believe in him? (laughs) You know, they said, no, we we believe in Moses. And and, and they said, he says, look, he says, uh, you're denying him, but but this is the man who heals me. He says, uh, listen, we know that God doesn't bless sinners. This man couldn't do anything if he wasn't from God. And so he just has this simple trust that Jesus must be from God. And so you see him moving. And then they actually eject him from the temple. And they, they remove his temporal, temple privileges. He's being persecuted 
for uh, standing up for Jesus, even though he doesn't completely understand who Jesus is yet. Well, then Jesus comes and meets him again, and he says, he says um, uh, do you believe in the Son of Man? He says, well, who is he that I may believe in him? And Jesus says, I who speak to you am he. And he says, I do believe, and he worshiped him. Now he's gone from being physically healed to thinking about Jesus in a positive way and standing up for him to now putting his faith and trust in Jesus and being spirit. He's saved. But you see, he responds to the light that Jesus gives him at each stage, and then he finds uh, salvation. And, and I believe probably continued to find God's truth uh, in his life as he continued to respond to him. So it's so important to respond to the invitation. This is, you, you want to understand how the works of God take place? It comes about not only through the revealing of truth, but our response to the invitations that, give, that he gives to us. And so your response is to trust and obey. Trust him, surrender to him, and trust him if you're unsaved. Uh, as a Christian, trust and obey. So uh, he enlightens, he opens, he invites. Finally, he heals. I love this. He came back seeing. He came back seeing, verse 7 says. Now, isn't it interesting that um, the disciples are looking at this through a theological lens? They're, they're trying to ask questions about this man. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? People still do that today. They assume that if somebody's got a physical problem, they must have sinned and done something wrong, right? Jesus says, neither one. But so the works of God might be displayed in his life. But he was born blind. This wasn't just your average, everyday, broken situation. This man was born blind. They even go on later in the, in the chapter, they say, who's ever heard of somebody healing a man born blind? This was remarkable. He had a problem that no one could fix, but Jesus could. He is the healer. Um, he is the great physician, but not just the great physician physically. He's the great physician spiritually. Um, aren't you glad that Jesus can heal what's broken in us? I want you to know, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, he can heal your brokenness. He can, he can begin to change you and, and give you joy. I love that scripture that says, uh, he gives beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Uh, God is about the work of healing the broken. Some of you may have failed God. Can I tell you something? He can heal you from where you are spiritually. I love the, the story of Peter and, and how he's denied Jesus three times. And Jesus comes to him afterwards and says, uh, Peter, do you, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times he says, feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep, feed my lambs. Um, Jesus recommissions Peter and he meets him where he, Peter's discouraged. He's blown it. He's failed. Have you ever felt that way? And he's like, how could God possibly use me? And, and, and Jesus comes and he meets him where he is and he heals him and recommissions him spiritually and emotionally so that he can fulfill the plan of God for his life. And Peter went on to do great work for God. Uh, he can heal you uh, in, your, in your emotions. Some of you have had horrible things happen to you in your life. God can heal 
that past, that the things that have happened to you, he can restore you and give you a new hope and a future. I love the scripture in Jeremiah where he, he tells Israel, Israel's being judged for sin, actually. Uh, he says, but, but he says, I know the plans I have for you to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. God has a plan for your life today. I want you to know something. He loves you so much. He sent Jesus Christ to die for your sins, take your penalty upon himself, and he rose for, again to show you that he has new life for you. Um, the Bible says that our days are written in his book, that uh, God sees us when we're being knit together in our mother's womb. He has a purpose for us and a plan for us. He designs us for his purpose, and he can bring healing to your brokenness, and he can even use your brokenness to bring healing to others. Sometimes people, well, why does God allow evil in this world? And people have that question, and, and um, sometimes we may not know the answer, but sometimes you can see in someone's life. Um, I, I heard uh, this past week on the radio, there was a woman who, who had been uh, raped as a child, and um, she was sharing on this radio program how uh, she had gone through this process of healing uh, and, and how God had carried her through that process. And now she has a ministry to women who've experienced these things, and she is bringing healing to other people. I want, you to, I want to tell you, God can redeem any situation. We serve a God who can take the most broken and desperate people and make something beautiful. And, and prosper their lives. And, and so he is the great healer. Uh, I think of Mary Magdalene. Seven demons she had. But I tell you what, one demon would be enough, wouldn't it? Uh, seven demons she had. Uh, she lived a life of prostitution. But Jesus, she met Jesus. She put her trust in Jesus. The demons had to go. Uh, Jesus lifted her up from her place of brokenness and shame and gave her a hope and a future. That's what Jesus does. He's in the healing business. Uh, we've seen God answer prayer for he physical healing. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I see uh, someone here this morning that we prayed for healing and the doctors had given up hope on and, and, and he healed uh, her. But, but I want you to know, it's not just physical healing. He can heal every part of your life. Take your brokenness to Jesus. Take your pain to Jesus. Uh, take your mess to Jesus. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful of my life. Isn't that great? Brokenness. He will heal you. But see, first, he enlightens. Secondly, he opens your eyes to the truth. Then he invites you to trust him. And as you respond to that invitation, he heals you. You see, some people don't get healed because they're unwilling to respond to the enlightening. They're unwilling to respond to the opening of their eyes to the truth. When Jesus shows them what to do, they're unwilling to do it. Well, yeah, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to work in my life. I want you to do the things I want you to do. But don't ask me to surrender to you. Don't ask me to obey you. Don't ask me to do the things you're calling me to do. And they miss the healing of God. But those things come first. You see, 
This is demonstrating the workings of God. If you want God to work in your heart to restore you and heal you, it begins with responding to the light that Jesus has given you and, and responding to the, with the invitation to obey. Then Jesus heals you. That's how it works. Now, none of us are perfect in that. Praise God. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness to restore uh, that relationship. But healing comes with following Jesus. Can you imagine the difference that must have come in the lives of the disciples? Jesus said, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. These 12 men follow him. And one of them is not a believer. We find that out later. But these other 11, how their lives must have changed. Just seeing the work of Jesus and how he healed people and how he taught and how he lived and I mean every day must have been full of new things and how blessed they were to see Jesus but then Jesus says you will do greater things than I have done I'm sending the spirit and the spirit came down at Pentecost and and you look at these lives how I wish I could sit down and hear the testimonies of these men how God changed me from the moment I met Jesus to to the ministry that I did in serving him and and all the blessings that that God brought. Yes, we blew it at some times. Yes, we weren't perfect. But, but we had a heart to confess that sin and to follow Jesus and to obey him in our lives. And, and so Jesus began that work of healing and he grew us. And, and, and things just continued to get better in our relationship with God. And though there was persecution, he carried us through every trial and trouble in life. Uh, what, a, what an amazing thought. If you want Jesus to do his healing work in you, you've got to be willing to say yes to him. Uh, he, delights, he delights to heal you. Uh, follow the example of the blind man. You know, sometimes it pays just to be, to, just to be humble and to recognize how bankrupt you are. <laughs> they're, they're questioning this blind man, the, the religious leaders, and it's, it's almost comical because uh, they're saying, well, you know, who is this, you know, what is this man doing? And he says, well, I don't know. He says, I'm not a theological expert. But he says, one thing I do know. Once I was blind, now I see. <laughs> he just had that humble attitude. And God just comes alongside him at each point and begins to reveal more and more and more to him. On the other hand, the religious leaders who thought they had all the answers show their blindness. They reject the very one all those Old Testament scriptures were looking forward to. And they miss God's best in his healing in their lives. So, um, he heals. Uh, I just my, my invitation to you today is, first of all, ask God to open your eyes to his truth. Uh, maybe, maybe some of you have a, have a situation in your life and you need guidance. And uh, maybe you just need to come to this altar and, and say, God, open my eyes to your truth in this area of my life. Uh, some of you know the truth. God's been dealing with you about something, but you've been unwilling to say yes to respond to his invitation. Um, I'm going to just invite you to come to the altar and say yes to Jesus. Um, others of you may not know Jesus Christ yet. Um, and there's an invitation given to you to surrender your life to him. Put your trust in him. And uh, to receive the gift of salvation uh, that he's offered you.
uh, I'd, I'll be standing here at the front here in a moment, and you can come, and uh, I'd love to lead you through a prayer of, of surrender and commitment to Jesus Christ and trust, uh, and um, you can leave this place a child of God as you put your trust in Him. Uh, some of you may just be broken. Maybe as I was speaking about the brokenness, uh, there's something that popped into your mind because you've, you've been there, you've walked the road of brokenness, and it, and you're, you're hurting, and you need the touch of Jesus. I just want to ask you, if you want to come for prayer, I'd be happy to pray with you. Uh, if you want to come to this altar and just say, Lord, I'm broken. I need your healing. Um, but whatever God is leading you to do this morning, I want to ask you to respond to him. We're going to pray here in just a moment, and then uh, we'll be singing a song of invitation so that you'll have an opportunity to respond to God. And as soon as that music starts, you come and do what God's telling you to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the light of the world, uh, that you do issue your invitation to us.